0: With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy.
1: All right, welcome back to another edition of Winning Ponies. I am John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. So happy to have you with us. Uh, the show, of course, is on winningponies.com. And uh, what's one of the best things they bring you? That's the easy win forms, and you're going to want one this week. I know I say that every week, but let's look at the results, folks. Uh, yesterday... Hope you had. were playing the horses at the Horseshoe Indianapolis and decided to pull down our easy win forms. A 10-cent Super 5 key, that can't cost too much, can it? ha <laughs> The return is awesome. We were $40 short of $7,000. This was yesterday at the Horseshoe Indianapolis. That doesn't take away all the really nice, solid hits. Uh, Almost uh, two grand and up from Gulfstream, Louisiana Downs, Pimlico, LaSalle, Charlestown, Belmont. Holy cow, I'm not hearing any of these uh, tracks repeat themselves. That's because the easy win forms work everywhere, folks. Give them a try. Because we got some great racing waiting for you this week. Uh, particularly, let's let's start out on, on Saturday and see what the menu brings us. Uh, we've got, the, don't forget, Santa Anita and Churchill Downs are running now. So, uh, you, out at Santa Anita, you've got the Grade Two uh, City of Hope uh let's see then you got the john henry turf championship that's a grade two the san anita sprint championship man that's a good race then the grade two eddie D. and on tonight's show in the handicapping portion we're going to be looking at the awesome again a solid field with country grammar looking like the one to beat and let's not forget our friends there underneath the twin spires we got rich strike going in the lucas classic stakes and we're expected to get his trainer eric reed on the show this evening uh so that's gonna happen at churchill but the race before it's excellent the Ack Ack. we'll be looking at that race with eric reed as part of our handicapping segment uh with eric wing as part of our handicapping se- segment i know it's the tale of two erics so i get him confused and uh so anyhow good action at churchill downs on saturday again a lot of action out on, on the west coast but let's not forget aqueduct you got the grade one uh frisette the grade two miss grillo the belmont turf sprint invitational and the uh Champagne that we'll look at a, a, a short field, but one that uh, one one that it looks like uh, we'll be doing. But again, we're going to get back, especially when we get to the Lucas Classic Stakes, because we're going to have some inside information on that one when we talk to trainer Eric Reed. So uh, looking forward to that very much. So who are your guests? You mentioned Eric Reed three times, and you slipped in the name Eric Wing. Well, that's who we got. Uh, Eric Reed. Uh, as you know, uh, the, the, the trainer of Rich Strike has been with us through the whole trail. Uh, he's been so magnanimous about granting us his time, and uh, he's taken us right up. Now, the big challenge here, he's taken a big leap. He's running against the older horses, and let me tell you, he couldn't have picked a much deeper field. For horses older that got a lot of talent, certainly Hot Rod Charlie, who's won over $5 million. Did you hear that, folks? $5 million, uh, trained by Doug O'Neill, has some of the toughest beats in his life, getting beat by really good horses everywhere or conditions just weren't right after layoffs and reasons that he got beat. Either way, he's right there every time five million what more can we say hot rod charlie though has never finished first or second at churchill downs but who has how about happy saver uh, Four lifetime starts at the distance two wins in two seconds churchill downs two starts but two seconds let's not forget the speed ball in here art collector likes churchill in the Mott barn now Two wins at Churchill, absolutely loves a mile and an eighth. Check this out: eight starts at the distance, seven victories. Let me tell you, the young and rich strike has got his work cut out for him going against the older horses. So Eric Reed's gonna take us on to the next chapter of the story. Uh, you gotta run against the older horses sooner or later. And on the other hand. You only got about uh, two months to do it. So we'll see. And then, of course, the ever-present question that everybody asks, asked him, are you going to the Classic if you win this Classic? We'll find out from the trainer of Rich Strike. So our handicapping segment, uh, Eric Wing, uh, the communications director for HorseTourneyS.com, was not a guy that sits behind his desk and decides who's going to play what, where. This guy's a player. He enjoys going to the contest himself. Not all of them, but for him, it's kind of like he takes a vacation and goes and plays in a handicapping contest. But I know he cleared, uh, shall I say, a tidy sum uh, in a recent uh, contest he was in. And he said it was okay. I mentioned that. If he wants to give out any more deets, I'll leave that up to Eric Wing. But, uh, you know, w- w- what can we say, Uh you know, we're going to be handicapping some great races. We're going to ask him who he likes in the Lucas Classic. We're going to ask Eric who he likes in that grade three ACK act that has three grade one winners in there. That's an interesting field for sure. Uh, and let's not forget Belmont. We mentioned the frisette and the Champagne. We're starting with derby points, folks. 10, 4, 3, 2, 1. And it's a win and you're in for the Juvenile and the Breeders' Cup. Very interesting angles to this race. Even though the field's not that big, four of these horses are coming in off wins. Now, one horse in this race has the same jockey on his back as he did in his last start be interested to take a look at that and then we're going to go out as i said uh, country grammar in the awesome again eric wing again will be uh handling the handicapping duties but uh, we do have uh eric reed on deck so uh, we're good there all right now some of the other big horses where are they we're talking about horses Moving up this time of the year, the three-year-old's taking on their elders. How about Nest? The leader of the three-year-old Philly division is probably going to make her next start in the grade two, quarter million dollar, the Bell Dame Stakes at Aqueduct. Uh, Of course, she's a three-time grade one winner. Absolutely loves Saratoga, convincing victories in the coaching club, America Oaks, and the Alabama there. And uh, it just uh, looks like, you know, fitting right into the Beldame as the prep for the Breeders' Cup is the way they're going to go. Um, I know it's 27 days away, and the way that we baby these horses today, that seems like a lot, but 27, 28, I think it's just enough to tighten her up for her trip to Keeneland in the Breeders' Cup. Now, how about we're talking about champions. How about champion Echo Zulo she's back. That's right. It was good to see. Uh- what can i say i mean first of all how about gunrunner over the weekend before we get to echo zulu he had five stakes winners and when echo zulu drew off by five and a quarter links it sealed the deal for that amazing weekend by the stallion gunrunner you may recall a couple of weeks ago uh we had uh, tim ham from three chimneys on talking about gunrunner and what it's like to to handle his book down there well <laughs> After this weekend, if they weren't knocking down the door already, the shoes are going to get bigger. That's that's quite a uh, an achievement for a young stallion for sure. But Echo Zulu, uh, last year's champion, um, you know, came back, which took charge right from the beginning, leaving the gate every step of the way under ricardo santana jr how about that putting the band back together ricardo santana jr and steve asmussen are back of course echo zulu <laughs> no big surprise there the one to two favorite paid three dollars and two cents for your ticket okay and uh, Rattle and roll, Kenny McPeak, a guy that uh, Eric Reed cut his teeth with during the early years at Ellis Park, uh, Turfway, uh, River Downs at the time. Rattle and roll circled the field and got the job done in the Oklahoma Derby. You have to count how many times they go around there. So, it may not have been the grandest of derbies, but a Derby win, none the less. $400,000, that'll go a long way. Uh, congratulations to Kenny McPeak and the connections. So uh, don't forget, uh, Yeah, uh, the, probably the big race, we're going to overlook it because it's one year as a handicapper, you have to look by, and that's the Woodward. It's strictly a prep, in my opinion, for life is good uh, going into the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, the field that's set to, to challenge the Sun into mischief uh, just <laughs> it's nowhere near the horses uh, that he's been facing throughout his career. I guess a lot of them have <laughs> probably thrown in the towel, but it's a win to your end qualifier for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and for the— uh, uh, when you're in Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf, there is the uh, Miss Grillo at Aqueduct. And of course, the uh, boys will be going in the Champagne Stakes. Um, you got the Belmont Turf Sprint. It's weird to say the Belmont Turf Sprint at Aqueduct, but remember, everybody, if I'm confusing you, I am easily confused, but um, it's because Belmont due to construction reasons cannot facilitate live horse racing on the main track. So everything was moved to aqueduct just for this fall meet. Um, But again, I could just go on a lot of great, great uh, racing, but on deck with me, I'm so excited to have this guy back on by now. I would have thought he'd be tired of talking to me. We have none other than Eric Reed trainer of rich strike the little kid's are going to leave the schoolyard and take on the big boys. That's right. He's going to take them on in the Lucas Classic at Churchill Downs. With all that said, thanks for tuning in. Going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to the trainer of Rich Strike, Eric Reed.
2: Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, Racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. One eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share any questions we would be happy to answer contact us now back to the show Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: all right and with me one of my favorite people in the world of course that makes him one of my favorite horse trainers none other than the trainer of kentucky derby winner rich strike eric reed how are you are you exhausted giving interviews or is it just like rolling out of bed you're so used to it now
4: oh man i look forward to talking to you it's fun <laughs>
1: well like i just told you i'm kind of tired of listening to you from listening to all the great interviews uh five-time eclipse award winner jenny reese has been doing with you She, she meets you at the barn every morning she's probably there eating half your donuts before you get there uh you know one of the hardest working girls in the business but you've been great sharing information with her and of course she's fantastic at at getting the questions so for anybody that missed it it is on youtube i'm sure you can just put in eric's name or rich strike and it'll come up but you'll see the early you'll notice that the sun's not even up now eric i know i know that you always told me that um richie was a, a creature of habit uh and i know that over at mercury you set your watch to him I believe he comes out and does his morning exercise at 8 in the morning and takes his morning nap at, at 10 in the morning. Does the slight change in his schedule, first of all, correct me on that if I'm wrong, and second of all, does the change in the schedule to Churchill Downs wear, uh, wear well with him?
4: You know, he's so used to being up there, and when he goes, it, it kind of gets him in race mode. So um, we I get up at 3 in the morning. I drive to Louisville. Um, we get him on the track right at five thirty as it opens. And then, you know, he's usually done by seven and, uh, he, he kind of takes a little, little nap before he goes in his ice and gets all that stuff, but he still takes the 10 o'clock nap. And when he's at Churchill, he's, he's kind of in a hurry to go to the track instead of standing around and, and just, you know, waiting on that eight o'clock. So he's, he's kind of used to when he goes up there, what goes on. So it's not that big a
3: deal.
1: Uh, well, from what I've seen in the B roll, and I think that this has always been the, the case with Rich Strike, he, he really seems to, to to take well, and he really gets a chance to uh, stretch his legs out down, down that long, wide Churchill stretch and back stretch.
4: Yeah, he enjoys it there because he can he can use his big old stride, and uh, he he likes. When he goes up there and there's so many horses on the track when they're galloping, I mean, he just, it's kind of like he sees one and he picks him off, and he sees the next one and he picks him off. So it's, he he gets to really get that air in his lungs and he uses his, his stride. And I mean, today we let up on him a little bit, and I mean, man, he was mad when he came off the track. He's like, I want to do more. <laughs>
1: well tell them hold that for saturday the final couple furlongs that's when you're going to need it for sure i don't want to get to the race yet because uh jenny said something to you uh that uh, i thought was a great question and of course i thought your answer was fantastic but uh, let me frame this for for our listeners uh it used to be when when you would uh, drive into Louisville and or to Churchill Downs and go watch the morning workouts, you'd look over your left shoulder, and the, the first set of barns there had a big sign outside that said, home of trainer Lynn Whiting, trainer of derby winner, Little E.T. Well, in the handicapping books of most, Little E.T. had about as much chance of winning the derby as a horse by the name of Rich Strike. And uh, as we see, they both did. But is is that kind of a a salute to local boy makes good? You know, you can go by some of these other storied trainers and see plaques hanging all over the place. But to to finally have the the plaque that this is where the Kentucky Derby winner trains and is trained by this guy who's been around here for a couple of years – Eric, what does that make you feel like? Because it's something they can never take away.
4: No, I, I tell you, it's it's still sometimes hard for me to believe it. And when I go in there, I just stop and think, you know, man, I'm the lucky one. Um, I, I not only got to run in it, but actually got to win the race. And, of course, Richie won the race. I just got to be part of, part of it with him. But um, I told her the other day, I said, you know, when I look over there, I just feel like you know that's the summit of Everest, and I see the flag I put on the top. You know I've done it, and it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to believe it sometimes. But it it sure changes the way I look at it when I drive in there.
1: <laughs> it's got to be a warm a, a warm feeling. Uh, it should uh, instill a sense of pride, or, or not only you and your whole staff. So here's a question: I don't know if my buddy Jenny asked you or not, but. What's the mood around the barn? Do, what you just told me about the way you feel—do, do, do—the do people that work with you and the people closest to Rich Strike kind of feel like this horse has kind of lifted them up too.
4: Oh, they—they've got such a spring in their step and big smiles on their face, and um, you know they're proud. And and all these guys at Mercury that took care of this horse, you know, since the beginning, uh, travel with him all over the country they just look forward to the next race. Just like today when we were schooling in the paddock, uh, you know, Benito and Sid, they were, I mean, they were eager to go over that horse and show him off. They were so proud and the people would holler, you know, there's Richie, you go Richie. And they'd say, thank you. and I mean, they're just living the dream. And I, I'm so happy for them because it means as much to me to have those guys be happy as, as it does anything.
1: Well, you know, it's always been said, and I, and I believe this, that, a, a horse kind of thinks that those grooms and the people closest to him around him that are, you know, rubbing his neck and, you know, taking care of those legs and, you know, uh, that these are his owners. I mean, I understand he's got a great owner and trainer, but you know what I mean? These people are hands on every day. And I got to guess when when they approach Richie Stahl, he's thinking, well, here comes the guy that takes care of me. <laughs>
4: Yeah. And they always got a handful of peppermints or a pocket full of carrots. And, um, you know, it's really cool to watch these guys because they love every horse and they've always loved the horses. And they've, you know, that's why they get up and put in these hard hours through the heat and the cold and all the things they do. But, you know, to watch how proud they are of this horse and and how much he means to them, it's really, really cool. It's the best way I can describe it. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal to watch it.
1: And I will co-sign what you just said as far as their care, because it's funny. Uh, when, when I went down to Mercury Training Center a, after the Derby, and you were kind of tightening up again for uh, his efforts down the road, when I, when I walked through there, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, walking through, looking at the barns. you know, ah, there's a Kentucky Derby winner here in some place. And, I mean, it's not like I'm on the backstretch of Belmont, <laughs> you know. And, and the thing was is, your wife Kay had to come out and go, Oh, you want, I probably want to see Richie. That's him in the first stall. And you know what have impressed me, Eric, is that I never would have found him. You didn't, he was, that horse was not treated one ounce differently than any other horse in your shed row. At, at any point in time, every horse got the same care that the Kentucky Derby winner I got. And I, that's a testimony to, to you and your staff as far as taking care of business. Hey, I won the Derby, but hey, I've still got a lot of owners. i still got money we made at tracks around the Midwest. Um, I was awful impressed with the fact that, sure, Richie's the Kentucky Derby winner, but he's another horse in your barn and they're all going to get that care.
4: Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. But it, they. They do. And, and, you know, they love all the horses in there. And we got a busy job and a lot of great clientele. And these horses are, they were winning before the Derby. We've had a phenomenal summer with the rest of the horses winning. And these guys love it. And and I think this is kind of crazy, but I think these other horses in the barn know something special happened with Richie because they've kind (laughs) of stepped their game up too. And, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty, it's just pretty fascinating what's going on.
1: That's neat. Hey, coach, he can hit a three-pointer. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what's going on. I love it. Give me the ball, Dad. I can make that shot. It's fantastic. Now, um, I got to watch and and really, you know, feel be the a little bit on the inside there, uh, as far as. We've already talked to you since the Belmont. We know what happened there. You made a call, understandably, but it didn't work. You came back. Richie ran his race. And when I look back, it was officially a nose and a neck for second in the Traverse Stakes. Eric, as, as much as you say you felt like you won the Derby the day you just got in the field, did you feel like you won the Travers when he redeemed himself against those top-quality horses again?
3: Oh,
4: i tell you what. <clears throat> I've never been so happy to be fourth in my life. And, you know, <laughs> I thought we might have gotten lucky and been second because he was right there and then one jump past where well, I'm mad at the Travers. They should have made that race a mile and a quarter in one <laughs> one length. But there bad. you go. <laughs> but no, um that was the hardest ten weeks I've had in a long time between the Belmont and the because I knew what I did created all that buzz about him being a fluke and you know, he's a one hit wonder and all those things. And um had he run well in the Belmont, none of that would have happened. And I just felt so responsible for what was being said about him. And I knew what happened but you know people always have excuses and say things after race um but i legitimately knew what happened so when we ran him back in the traverse uh hats off to epicenter he was the best horse that day no matter what but um richie ran a great race and i still think should have been second you know we kind of cornered too fast around the turn he was moving so fast he couldn't stay on the rail as he got to the head of stretch he drifted out um you know, and that led Zandon back through there and put him in the middle of track we usually doesn't want to be. But that 10 weeks, he grew up because even though he's on the outside and there was nobody to his right, he dug back in and came after those horses and just about got second, even though, you know, what happened to the quarter pole happened. So I felt so good to get that monkey off his back, not mine. I could care less about what they say about me, but I wanted that horse to get the, the respect back that he had gotten in the derby.
1: And he did, and as we both saw, even Andy Serling had to eat a little crow on the air, Eric. That was funny.
4: Yeah, I thought that was nice of him to do it. And he was really kind to me the day that we had had the draw up there. But, you know, he was not a Rich Strike fan. He was one of the naysayers. And um, he manned up after the race and gave him some really nice compliments. And that's all I needed for Richie was just a. Let everybody know what everybody saw in the Derby with their own eyes. That's real. There's no fluke to that. But it's just so hard for people to believe and, and what they saw, and he needed to back it up. And, you know, he didn't win, but he sure ran a good enough race to let them know that Derby was for real.
1: Absolutely. And like you pointed out uh, in our last interview, uh, those horses that finish in front of him, most likely are not going to be around next year because they're all going to be shuttled off to, uh, you know, some uh, rich place for the, with a high stud fee. And meanwhile, rich strikes are ready to get richer next year. You're taking that, that big step. Uh, You made a comparison. Uh, I I, I think about, you know, getting off the schoolyard and playing with the big boys that I thought was a very well put because uh, people explained, we're just going to do a little uh, of uh, uh, 101 horse development here. The difference between a horse as a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and in the case of some of the ones you'll be racing against, a five-year-old. I've always heard, could be wrong, that a horse really doesn't fully meet his physical peak until he's about five.
4: That's 100% correct. They're not mature until they're five. I don't even think they got the full set of teeth until they're five. And uh, to, to compare this... To run against three-year-olds, to stepping up against the old horses—it's it's, the best way I've been able to compare it to, and, and explain it to people—is it's like leaving college and going to the pros. And you've seen a lot of these guys, Heisman Trophy winners, even—you know—they're they, they're great in college. They get to the pro level, and it's such a different thing. And it's the final step in your career to get to that level. And um, you know, he's got to run against three-year-olds all year. It's kind of been the same company most of the big races. But now he gets to the horses that are four or five that have already made it through the three year old year. Um, they're super seasoned, they're super tough, they're super competitive. And um it it's almost like if you come out of college basketball, uh, you get to the NBA and your first game you're the guy that's gotta guard Michael Jordan. Well you know how many college <laughs> kids are ready to guard Michael Jordan? Um, you know, maybe LeBron James could've gave him a rough of money, but that's kind of the step up for Richie in this race. He's He's going to get tested in a different way. He's, he's going to get toughened up and I know he's up for the task. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily saying he's got to win the race. I, I just want him to show me he's going to give those guys a try. And if he beats them great, if he runs a monster race comes after him, that's going to set him up good for the next race. And that's what we're trying to do to get him this one more race and then hit that four year old career and see, see what we can do as, as an older horse ourselves.
1: Well, see, I, I think that that's the key word there is four-year-old career uh, because we're just so used to seeing, especially a horse that has the, the uh, unique uh, trophy on his thing that says, I won the Kentucky Derby, is to just move along with them, Let's get the three-year-old season and start charging people $50,000 a pop. This is a horse is particularly with his running style because, as you know, as horses get older, it's hard to find a sprint that's good for you (laughs) because I think you're going to see it as you know, we'll see what the calendar projects for 2023, but you're going to have a lot of opportunities with Richie to shop around to some of these distance races. And as we know, we've watched his running style. You've watched a million horses running. You've trained a half a million. He's got a style. And you're not going to change that. Now, here was a question I had for you, is that we know Rich Strike is, is, a, is a stretch runner, a very strong stretch runner. Uh, but some of his workouts, Eric, at Churchill, uh, to me, th- those would be horses, you know, prepping for a stake of any distance. Has he just gotten to the point now where he's doing it more naturally, where he can spit off one, one minute and change in his morning workouts?
4: Oh yeah. He's just got, I've got a picture of him from December when I ran him in the fairgrounds uh, against Gunrunner. I mean, uh, Epicenter for the first time. It was the Gunrunner Stakes. And I, I have a picture of him in the style and I was so proud of him that day. And I sent it to my dad. I said, look how good this horse looks. And I took a picture today and compared the two. And it's not even like the same horse. He's just that much more mature and grown. And he's, he's developing into, you know, a really, really one of the best looking horses I've ever seen. And I'm biased, but I'm just being honest. He truly is. And you know, <clears throat> excuse me. He, uh, he, he's got all this natural speed, but he has a running style where early in his career, he was way, way, way back. But if you look at the running lines in the Travers, he's like yeah. seven or eight lengths behind these horses to the 20. And he's, he's done that just by maturity. And you know that's like thirteen or fourteen lengths he's made up in the in the ten weeks. And if he makes up three or four more lengths, just naturally using that speed, um, especially going into next year, where when they leave there, he's three or four lengths behind, and he, he he makes that big move from three or four lengths back, they're in a world of trouble.
1: I love I love your attitude. Well, it may be it may be too early. It may be not. But let me tell you, Eric, uh, you sure didn't dodge anybody in the Lucas Classic. The good thing is is that we know Art Collector most likely is going to be sent to the front by by Luis Saez. That's what that's what he does. And Hot Rod Charlie never likes to let a horse get too far away from him. I, I, I'm. I'm hoping that those two will entertain themselves up front, perhaps a little bit more than they want to, and that could open up the door for a good shot for Richie.
4: Yeah, it's there's there's plenty of pace in the race. Uh, the difference is, you know, these horses they they keep going. They're stayers too. But- <laughs> It's going to, you know, if they get in a little bit of a battle, like you said, and they go a little too quick or push each other a little too hard, even if they're not going quick, if they just are worrying each other enough, it could cause them to open the door, and uh, that's what it would take for him. He He's going to have to run by him. but my hope is in the small field that he's he's able to stay as close as he did in the Travers. If he can do that um, on this track with the long stretch, uh, I think he's he's going give to give them a, a big run, man. I know he's going to run good, I just don't know how good.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting just while we're on the the, the topic of his his development, um he received his highest lifetime buyer for running fourth in the Traverse. So, you know, that tells me that he's obviously maturing Getting faster and he, he, without even winning the race, he's recording what, you know, what are considered the most pros, uh, an outstanding buyer figure, anything in the triple digits. So, you know, to, to get his top lifetime buyer against the best in the country and the other uh midsummer derby shall we say um just says a lot for everything you've already told us about his his personal development his physical development his mind and uh so w- w- i'm really looking forward to the lucas classic i'm not going to ask you the question everybody else is about what happens after that race we'll let that happen and see what happens but uh all i can say is eric i, I thank you so much for Joining us on winning ponies and giving us all the time you have before, during, and after all the things that Rich Strike's been through, and I I think because of that, let's face it—you know—we like to call him America's uh, racehorse, and I I think you've gone a long way in making everybody feel like they're a part of this this horse's uh, story, shall I say?
4: Yeah, he's truly America's horse. We get so much fan mail and letters and. Um, pictures from children and just like today's school, and he's walking over and, and people ran to the rail to see him. I, I've never seen anything like it, and I want the story to continue. That's why I like talking with you, and, and you know, people hear this and they'll, they'll see what a following there is for him. And I mean, he's he's uh he's helped this business in quite a way because he's given everybody the thought that we can still do it. And it'd been quite a while. I think since a lot of people had lost hope that they could do it. So it's still horse racing and it's not about the trainers. It's
1: about the horse. Ah, oh, those are beautiful words, Eric Reed. Well, thanks, Amelia, my friend. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best in the Lucas Classic and all that's going to happen down the road. So I, I appreciate it and, let, and just want to let you know, thousands are going to be rooting. It's going to be Saturday at five twenty-six. Clear your personal schedule, ladies and gentlemen, and get behind America's racehorse, Rich Strike. All I can say is, Eric best of luck and thanks again for joining us thanks john i
4: always enjoy it
1: all right eric reed you don't get any better than that unless you're talking to handicappers and then you talk to the other eric and that's eric wing from horse tourneys quick break and we'll be right back for the handicapping portion of the show
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. And they're off. What?
2: What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: All right. Well, uh, amongst the list of great friends I have, not only is our Eric Reed on that list, but near the top is Eric Wang. Now, he's not only the communications director for Horse Turney, but... Um, he he's been around the game for a while, and and he's been to the big arena. He's seen uh you, you know all the Breeders' Cup races. He, he's been uh there for many historic events. And so I, I just want to ask Eric, as, as somebody uh that's uh, that's done so much in racing from working with Naira, uh the NTRA, the racing form, and of course horse turnings, Eric, you you got to you got, you've probably heard Eric read over uh, the last couple of weeks it, it, this guy i mean does i know him personally but does he does he come across to you a guy from new york as real as he really is because none of what he says is a put on he is a down home Good guy that loves his horses, and and I trust, I, I know you've interviewed a lot of the best in the business. What do you think about that uh, Kentucky hard boot we just had on?
3: Oh, I, I I love it, John, and I think racing could use more of it, and that's not a knock on other people. It's just that, um, you know, for years and years, I think a lot of us fall in love with racing after... Uh, falling in love with the derby you know the derby is kind of like one of our first it's kind of like the front door to the sport and not that there weren't plenty of wealthy people winning winning derbies in the 30s 40s and 50s but you always had a good dose of like you know barkley tag or the school bus with funny side or you know john service and smarty jones coming from parks uh, Chip Wooly and Mind That Bird driving his horse across the country in a, you know, Ford F 150. And, um, <laughs> a- a- and, and it-, it just seems like we've gotten a- away from that uh, insofar as, you know, the same trainers, the same five or six trainers winning all the races, you know, whether it's Baffert or, uh, whomever. And, you know a lot of times you say oh america's horse and a lot of times it's wishful thinking or you know just uh, recency bias but i think that really was the case and is the case this year um just because of the unlikely nature of it all and and mm-hmm. you know the idea that anyone can win it if you're in it um is some is is something that always bears repeating and it and it came to fruition this year and Heck, who doesn't love an underdog? And I think, I think the um, you know the down-to-earth, low-key connections and the big derby odds. Heck, the horse didn't even make the commemorative T-shirt that they were selling outside Churchill Downs. <laughs> um, I didn't it, know you that. You know, I, I, I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that about the T-shirts. That's yeah, because he
3: was an also eligible, and you know they print them the day before or two days before. They got to have some lead time. So they, you know, those <laughs> shirts that they hawk, and yeah, uh, you know, one three twenty, no, no rich strike. So, right. So you could have bought the commemorative twenty twenty two Kentucky Derby T shirt, and the the winner of the race isn't on isn't on it.
1: Well, you know, that could have been a good collector's item. Now that I think about it, but yeah. Uh, You know, I was a little busy doing other things that day. That's for sure. But thanks, Eric. I I wanted to get your read on that because I'm not tooting your horn. You really have been. I'm not going to. You've been in the business for a long time. Not long as me because I know you just celebrated a birthday and I know what number it was. But (laughs) in addition to celebrating your birthday, you're not a guy that just talks about these horse tourneys. You play in them, too. And you had a pretty good weekend, I understand.
3: Yeah, it was actually a couple of Thursdays ago, the, the 15th, and I, I played in an in a online contest that Canterbury Park was, was offering. And I, I will say I played well, not great, but um, it was a very generous contest in terms of the number of prizes. There were 85 entries. I came in 11th. And essentially they paid to the top 11, so I snuck in. And the top 11 all got Breeders' Cup betting challenge seats in addition to whatever money they had built up in their bankroll. So, I, I you know, I snuck in. I was like the bubble boy who survived and got the, uh, the, the 11th and final $10,000 Breeders' Cup betting challenge seat for this November. So it was a great night, and... and um, I, I know we had at one time discussed me being on the show that night. I said I better, I better concentrate on the contest that I'm in, John. And
1: yeah. you were
3: understanding as always, and I'm happy to say that uh, your patience and uh, paid off for me. <laughs>
1: But, uh, no, I mean, that's great because uh, you're kind kind of the rich strike of qualifiers. You weren't even supposed to be getting the extra seat at the table, and all of a sudden they added an 11, just like they added a 21 saddle towel to the derby. (laughs) They let you sneak in through the back door. That's great. America's I horse player. I'm making bumper stickers with your picture on them. America's <laughs> horse player.
3: Well, I'm happy to be in the same company as Rich Strike. That's for sure. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, Eric, uh, in addition to that, just it, it, obviously we're going to get onto our races this week, but you know, so many of our listeners are, are doing this. Everybody uses different you know, s- systems and things like that. We of course uh, are big behind the easy Win forms, but, um, you got you got a couple. I can't name all your contests because we'd run out of time. But um, you've got uh, now th- these uh, uh, every Saturday and Sunday at your sister site, which is horseplayers.com, dot um, You can mention that you've got your BC BC qualifiers. Uh, clear that up for everybody in case they're interested.
3: Well, um, the biggest live money bankroll event of the year is the BCBC, BC, Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge, and it's very popular because it's both lucrative and it's centered around Breeders' Cup weekend, so the world's best horses, you're betting on the world's best horses. Who doesn't like doing that? So um, now it's not cheap to play. An entry costs $10,000, but that's where we come in at Horse Tourneys and Horse Players Um we run contests on Saturday and Sunday. It costs 500 to play, and the top player out of 23 gets the $10,000 seat. If you're a poker player, you might think of it as a satellite tournament or a feeder. That's what this is. On Saturdays, we run a less expensive one. It's $179, and it's the, the, there's one winner for every 65 entries. And not bad. so if you win, you get a ten thousand dollar entry in the b c b c for your hundred and seventy nine dollar entry fee so again, it's like a satellite if in if you're if you're versed in uh world series of poker uh lingo um but you know not everybody has ten thousand dollars to plunk down and buy in at these big money events so it's a way it's a fun way to win your way in uh through these online contests and qualifiers, and that that's what we do at, at Horse Tourneys in addition to offering a variety of low-takeout cash games, too.
1: Well, thanks, Eric, for uh, clarifying that, because there's a lot out there, and there's a lot to absorb, and I'm trying to teach people to take baby steps. I always made that my mantra when I was the regular guy at River Downs is let's show them how it's done. Let's break it down. Let's not just make it so difficult to say, well, that's something I don't want to get involved in. It's too confusing. So thank you for clearing that up. Now I'm going to actually clear up some of my uh, selections for this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll save the Lucas classic for a little bit. And, and so we'll stretch out a little bit and go to both ends of the earth. Now, I, I ran out of time to watch all the replays I wanted to see for the Champagne at Belmont Park. You know, this was, I think, in, in, in its heyday, was one of the bigger races. Of course, it explained to everybody that Belmont's being run an aqueduct, already did that. But there's only half a dozen here. Uh, I guess most people's eyes might go to Gulfport because he's was he he's been the uh, even or odds on favorite in every start of his life but uh, you know ran into a couple of horses that he got beat by the last two times and showed that he's uh, got some soft spots and uh, Damon's mound I believe came back last weekend and didn't impress that much uh, at at Churchill as as the favorite down there so uh, uh Gulfport there but you've got some horses coming off some interesting efforts and I, I pointed this out i'm sure you weren't tuned in but you know you hear of, of the musical chairs how about musical saddles there's not one jockey returning on the horse he rode the last time out including four of them coming off winning efforts that's weird
3: yeah and i know one of the uh, one of the prime examples of that is gulfport who's going to jose Ortiz. I know two back Asmussen was upset with Rosario's ride. He switched to Pratt in the uh, hopeful. I don't know what Asmussen felt after that race, but I thought it was as bad a ride as Rosario's in Saratoga in the Saratoga Special. And so I'm not surprised to see the jock switch again. Um, so I like Gulfport. I think he's been unlucky in those last two races. Um, I don't quite understand verifying as the nine to five favorite off a single uh, maiden special win, which was good, but I wouldn't call it great. The other horse I'll mention, in addition to Gulfport, that I find a little bit intriguing is number two top recruit out yes. of the Maker Barn, um, and uh, <clears throat> he, he he won nicely at Ellis in the Ellis Park Juvenile. Um, switches from Corrales to Irad Ortiz Jr., and in addition to his good, you know, perfectly quick uh, final time, he's got a pace figure in that race that I think will allow him to improve upon the final figure as long as uh, he can handle the slight additional stretch out to a mile. So to me, it's Gulfport and top recruit in the Champagne.
1: All right. Well, I, one of the reasons of verifying is probably getting a little attention is the fact that he's a son of Triple Crown winner, Justify, who's off to a very good start of this uh, sire of young horses. Uh, and in saying that, keep a second eye out for champion's dream, a horse coming off a seven furlong wire to wire victory. Remember, this race is at a mile and all these horses are going to be trying the mile for the first time, albeit the configuration the track it's only one turn all right not too many horses in that race eric likes Golfport for redemption all right now on the other coast the awesome again uh, you know i i kind of i think i'm going to go with the baffert horse in here eric since uh he trains half the field
3: yeah <laughs> i was going to say more specific information uh, needed john <laughs> Well, I,
1: I I do think country grammar, uh, you know, is deservedly the favorite in here. Most I don't have uh, odds in front of me, but I'm guessing he will be because I, I think that after those two big efforts uh, over at the Saudi Cup and the Dubai World Cup, which, of course, earned the bulk of his $11 million inflated earnings, um, when he came back to Del Mar, you know that they all have a tough time first time coming back, and that was Royal Ship's Day, who will face him in the awesome again. But, you know, this day and age, to get beat by flight line by 19s, not that much of an embarrassment in your last start. So, he might be the one to beat in here, but let me tell you, there's horses in here that can do it.
3: Yeah, I don't know what to think about this race, John. I mean, from a betting standpoint, I, I, I would bet the least amount of money on this race compared to the other three we will we will have discussed. Um, I'm going to take a responsible but opposing viewpoint. Um, to me, if the favorites are Royal ship country grammar and express train, all three of whom are fine horses, um, I, I, I want to look elsewhere. If those three are the favorites uh, and there's nothing all that exciting to pick from. So, I, you know, I heard you talk about, you know, with Eric Reed about real, rich strike being three years old and, Therefore you know quite possibly still improving I think the same possibly can be said of number three high connection and also um, number eight slow down Andy in this uh, awesome again which I keep wanting to call the Goodwood but anyway um, they're both three year olds as such they get weight breaks uh, high connection is one of the four bafferts so you know the other three aren't going to mess him up too much, too badly in the early part. Um, and slow down Andy, you know, he ran on the grass last time, which is kind of an easy race to ignore, except he went wire to wire, and, and it wouldn't surprise me from post-date if Doug O'Neill tells Mario Gutierrez to just send out of the gate, and let's try to put him on the lead again and see if he can do on dirt what he just did in his turf debut. So I'm going bombs away in this with the two three-year-olds, but I'm not going to, like I say, I'm not going to get too crazy in this race.
1: All right. As they say, Eric, it's about two minutes to post. Let's get the Ack in. haven't even uh, hardly mentioned that race other than there's three grade one winners in there. Eric Wing, take it away.
3: Yeah, I love the Ack Ack. and uh, I don't care for uh, the favorite. Speaker's Corner, who I think was sort of broken in half in, when, he, when he just laid it all on the line against Flightline. The horse I do like, though, is number two, untreated. Um, three for three at a mile and cuts back to that preferred distance now. He was a decent fourth in the Jockey Club Gold Cup and drops five pounds off of that race. And his race two back in the Suburban uh, going longer, which might be too long for him, would win this race pretty comfortably. So to me, it's all untreated. It, morning line odds of nine to two for the todd pletcher bar
1: i love it okay we're down to about a minute to post i know that's tough you know my heart's with rich strike not sure what i'm gonna do we get to the windows in 30 seconds or left eric reed how do you see this quality laden field shape up at the wire
3: uh that's eric wing to you my friend but uh, (laughs) uh you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna take kind of the easy way out and go with art collector um I'm, I'm concerned there's not enough pace in the race for Rich Strike, despite what Eric Reid said. Um, Hot Rod Charlie's the favorite. It's not clear to me that he raced any better than Happy Saver did in their last outing in the Whitney. Um, so I don't want to waste my time and money trying to decide which one of those two is better. I'm just going to play art collector to go wire-to-wire wire under Luis Saez.
1: All right. Now, that's Eric Wing helping us with our handicapping portion of the show. Earlier in the show, we talked to Eric Reed, trainer of Ridge Strike, and I am John Engelhart, and it is time for me to close out the show. Eric, thanks a million for being with us. I always appreciate uh, you joining the show.
3: You're very welcome, John. My pleasure.
1: All right, folks. Don't forget, we gave you the teaser there. Pull down the Easy Win Forms. And got a hunch, bet a bunch, but you don't have to. We had a 10 cent super for 7,000 just yesterday. Ha <laughs> ha! Talk to you next week on Winning Ponies.
0: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 5 p.m pacific on the voice america variety channel also look for our weekly newsletter have a great week and may your photos always be winners